It's the Bluji Podcast. Proudly sponsored by Cimarron Golf Club. What is going on, Pooge crew? Thank you for being here for episode 81 of the Pooji Podcast. Extremely excited about this episode. Two weeks from today, two weeks from today, it's Thursday, two weeks, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be making their first overall pick, the first first overall pick they've ever had in franchise history, presumably Trevor Lawrence. It's been that all along, like that movie draft day, Trevor Lawrence, no matter what. Trevor Lawrence, future franchise quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sure you've seen some of the fun news out of Jacksonville. Jags Twitter, E underscore Dilla, E Dilla on Twitter, uh, kind of leading the charge of uh, funding donations for Trevor Lawrence's favorite charity. Go check that out. Buying Trevor some registry items for his wedding. He just recently got married. So the people in Jacksonville already showing Trevor some love. And you might as well show me some love too. Go check out the PoogiePodshop.com. Buy some Poogee Podcast merchandise. We got great hats, shirts, snapbacks, trucker hats, dad hats, polos, cups, stickers, anything you want. They're on there. Hoodies, sweatshirts. I know it's getting a little warmer, but just in case you want to get cozy and something nice, hoodies and sweatshirts, the way to go, of course. So this episode is great. It's pre-recorded from a few months ago, but I was preparing for this moment. Formerly a defensive backs assistant at Clemson, formerly a defensive back at Clemson 2009 to 2012, transitioning into the Dabo Sweeney years. And now he is the current University of Louisiana Monroe Warhawks cornerbacks coach. Xavier Brewer is here to join the podcast. So enjoy this episode. I cannot wait to sit down with Xavier Brewer again for part two interview now that he is with ULM to see how he is transitioning into that and just continue to watch his career blossom, to be perfectly honest with you. He's a great guy, a, a huge fan of him, a Jacksonville native, Bartram Trail standout, and uh, he's just a really fun guy to root for and pull for. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Thank you to our sponsor, Cimarron Strings and Shores Pub Mandarin. Appreciate all they do for the podcast. But for now, enjoy Xavier Brewer, episode 81 of the Puji Podcast. Yes, indeed. Thank you to Cimarron Golf Club for sponsoring the Puji Podcast. Always doing a great job there on County Road 210 down there in St. John's County. And someone that's familiar with that area, St. John's County, County Road 210, a current defensive assistant at Clemson, former Clemson defensive back and Bartram Trail alum, uh, Xavier Brewer is here to join me. Thanks for being here, Xavier. I appreciate you having me. So how have things been with you, uh, you know, through this time? How are things, uh, I guess, with your role at Clemson? What's been going on, uh, I guess, as a graduate assistant, defensive assistant? How's, how are things going? Uh, everything's good right now. I'm excited to get back to work. Um, the guys will be back Sunday. And um, so we're going to help a lot of those guys move back in. And then we'll get our freshmen in the 18th. And so they're doing a four-phase process of getting all the guys back. But um, before then, um, just kind of been trying to make the most of the time with recruiting, uh, helping the coaches as much as I – the position coaches as much as I possibly can um, with recruiting and then also breaking down film to, from our past season and then getting ready for our first four opponents of next year. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I know it's uh, it's busy there in the college football world. Obviously, recruiting uh, is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that a lot of us fans don't necessarily know about, but I know you guys are out there grinding and hustling, trying to, to compete for that next national championship. So uh, a lot of busy work for you going on. But coming out of Bartram Trail, uh, you were the 65th overall player uh, by ESPN, the number seven cornerback. You held offers from Georgia, Florida, Georgia Tech, Miami. What made you decide on Clemson? 
Well, um, there was a guy named Dabo Sweeney. He was a really good recruiter at the time. He he ended up snagging about nine of us out of Jacksonville that year. And uh, one of them happened to be my teammate, Kyle Parker. And uh, just growing up, I didn't really know much about Clemson. Uh, living in Florida, all I was, was Miami, Florida State, Florida, you know. And uh, But once you go through the process, uh, you start to realize who you are. You, it's really a good process of finding yourself finding what you likes, finding what you, uh, your likes and don't likes, um, where you can see yourself being for four to five years. But even beyond that, um, a place where you can see yourself building true relationships with people for a long time, even after that. And a uh, big reason why I'm still here. Um, Coach Sweeney actually came my sophomore year, recruiting big offensive lineman Thomas Edenfield at the time. And uh, I just happened to walk in the room. I didn't know who the heck he was. He's like, yeah, I'm looking at this guy right now, but I'm coming back to get you. I didn't believe him. And then uh, next thing I know, you know, the next year, he's, he's recruited me hard as, hard as anybody. And, uh, but, yeah, uh, he was a really big reason because he just sold me on the family atmosphere up there, man, and that they – it was a lot like my high school coach, Coach Sutherland, you know, um, from a standpoint of they care about building you as a person more than just a player. And um, so that really stood out to me. Uh, Small-town vibe, like you said – Grew up on 210, so it wasn't – well, I mean, we don't have the hustle and bustle. And uh, Clemson, same thing. It's a it's a small town, and I just thought it was somewhere where I could focus on growing spiritually, physically, and mentally and uh, compared to all the other schools. So I had a lot of great offers, a lot of great – I don't think I could have went wrong, but for me personally, uh, that was the best place for me based on those reasons. Yeah, and that's got to be a cool experience, obviously, seeing where Coach Sweeney is now and what he's done for the Clemson program. When you were getting recruited, he was your lead recruiter. Was there a point in time as you were getting recruited by him, did he have an inkling that he was maybe going to be the next head coach? Was there something about him that made you think, okay, this is the guy I want to play for eventually? Because he was the wide receiver coach at, at the time, right? Right. Um, honestly, <laughs> I just I, I did love him, but I didn't think anything about him being a head coach. He's never been a, He was never a coordinator at the time. So um, – I just knew I'd have a really good relationship and somebody that I can always lean on while I was there. Um, but never had a thought of him becoming the head coach. So I redshirted halfway through the season and then he gets the job. And um, next thing you know, it's just like a lot of people were just freaking out because again, he's never been a coordinator. So it's like, we all loved him, but we just weren't sure. Like, is he really ready to be the head coach? And it didn't take long for us to find out that he was the right person for the job. And like you said, it's been incredible to watch the journey since 2008 to now. And also just him and his humility, because he, he'll never let the current guys forget where we came from. Like this past, uh, I know was, he talked about it a lot. Um, this past spring, we did a series where we watched every year. We watched the highlights from every season, and he would talk about it um, throughout the spring. Um, from 2008 till recently. And uh, so just kind of giving the guys a history lesson. Like, Clemson ain't always been this national championship power, you know what I'm saying? We're like, a lot of things had to happen for us to get to this point. And um, and I really, I didn't know how the guys would take it. I'm like, these guys were barely like seven, eight years old when this stuff was happening. They don't care about this. But uh, they received it well, and they loved it. And they loved to learn the history of how this program was built and um, to how it got to where it's at. And, I mean, there was obviously more that happened before then, but um, obviously the Sweeney era is the best era of Clemson, you know, legacy. Yeah, and I've always heard good things about him, just kind of like you said, a family guy, very 
uh, high on relationship building. And he's always mentioned that like very publicly in his press conferences about building those relationships and, you know, making boys into men uh, through the program. So, so that's always good to hear. And for you, I guess it's got to be something special knowing that you were kind of, you know, his uh, first class, as far as him being a head coach um, in 2009, you were a redshirt freshman, but you were kind of a part of that culture change. You know, if Clemson does go on to win 10 games this season, which I think everyone without a doubt believes they will, that's 10 consecutive 10 win seasons or more for them. So it's been a crazy turnaround for them. As far as the ACC goes, what I guess from your standpoint, being on staff, what other programs within the ACC do you maybe see as the biggest competitors or maybe the next ones up that are going to maybe challenge Clemson, uh, you know, year in and year out? Is there one program or two programs that stick out uh, as far as that goes? Yeah, I think there's a lot because there's a lot of really good head coaches. Um, and But they're just in in a building phase right now, and that's how college football is. It's cyclical. Um, but you get the right head coach in place, you got a chance. And uh, like I said, I think we have a lot of really, really, really elite head coaches in this uh, conference that just got to um, get their guys in, get, recruit their guys and get their coaches in with them. Um, I would say just, just watching the recruiting trail right now, North Carolina's looking really impressive. Um, Louisville's offense was as good as we faced last year. Um, their defense was solid too, but their offense was like, I think from a statistical standpoint, one of the best in the nation. Uh, and they got a lot of guys coming back. So if I had to pick two, I'd say those two teams right there, one in our division. And obviously North Carolina's a team that on the field as well gave us a scare last year. So. Yeah, that game, they uh, went for the two-point conversion at the end of the game to try and win it, came short. I guess, what, Clemson ended up winning 21-20, right? No doubt, yep. Yeah. And uh, North Carolina actually opens up this season against UCF, so that'll be kind of an exciting game. Two very young quarterbacks uh, yeah. in that game with Dylan Gabriel and Sam Howell. So uh, oh, yeah. that'll be exciting to see, I guess, obviously, from your standpoint, kind of seeing where uh, you know UNC matches up with uh, their players and everything. But I guess moving on, you know, you graduate 2012, you get picked up by the uh, the Cowboys uh, in the 2012 offseason of the NFL. Um, kind of what was that like getting getting picked up by the Cowboys, the preparation there, uh, going into the draft, undrafted free agency, things like that? That was a cool experience. Um, obviously, uh, a lifelong dream to be able to even have the opportunity. to, And then for it to be in Jerry's world was pretty awesome. And uh, to be able to at least play five games, uh, five preseason games, and uh, my last play, and the NFL was an interception. It was just it was really cool, you know, in that brand new stadium. So, um, wish it lasted longer, but you know, just thankful for the experience. And because uh, a lot of people didn't get, get, you know, get that opportunity that I was able to uh, receive. So, um, but it was just it was really cool. I, th- I really liked the players that were on that team at the time. Like I thought Tony Romo was a, a really good guy. Jason Witten, like those guys were just true professionals in everything they did. And Des Bryant at the time as well. It was just awesome. Um, so it was it was a really cool experience. And um, I got the, the game of football in general is just there's so many life lessons in it that you can take with you and uh, carry on in life. So again, just thank you for all those experiences. Yeah, I know that's got to be a surreal moment, kind of getting that call and, and making it to you know the NFL level. Um, you know, coming from uh, high school, college, and, and making it to that level—that's every kid's dream. You know, growing up playing football in the backyard, so that's awesome. And I know your your family has a pretty big uh, NFL lineage or, or some roots in the NFL. Your dad and your brother played in the NFL. Is that correct? Yeah, my dad played with the Bears um, and the Colts and the Broncos, and uh, my my older brother played with the Forty Nine ers. Nice. So, yep. 
That's so awesome. I was, I was my mom there. was a high school cheerleader, so I had no choice but to play football. <laughs> there you go. There you Get go. Around it. So you, uh, you, you end up, you know, uh, moving on from the Cowboys. You come back to Jacksonville, your hometown, and you sign with the Sharks, the arena team. What was the transition like going from regular, you know, American football on the field, open air, going to arena league? What was that like? Oh, man, that was that was interesting. I'll never forget my first time trying to, like, destroy somebody into the wall. All that force going back on me, I felt like my ribs were about to break. And uh, I was like, all right, this is a little bit different. And just how fast-paced that game is, I had a lot of fun. Um, definitely got football out of my system, I'll tell you that. Because uh, <laughs> it's like that surface was crazy that uh, it's like concrete with carpet over it. Uh, that, that, that turf's undefeated, that wall's undefeated and, uh, it's an offensive game, but it's fast paced and it's a, it was a great challenge uh, as a competitor, you know, uh, you always just have fun with that, you know, obviously it's, like I said, it's an offensive game, but when you're able to make a play as a defensive player, like it's, it's, it was actually probably more special than even playing on the real field because of how difficult it is to stop somebody. I mean, you got a guy running full speed at you from like 20 yards back and you got to guess where they're going. And there's only, you know, the field's so small. There's only 50 yards. A guy can, you know, a 50-yard playing football hurts you. And American regular football will hurt you. But, shoot, 50 yards is a touchdown in, in that game. Shoot, 30 yards most of the time, depending on how far they get back on the kick return. So, uh, but, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a great challenge. But, like I said, it got football in my system. And uh, playing football out of my system, you know, it'll never get out of my system. So, I just knew it was time to start coaching. And so that's when I got into personal training. Yeah, so you, you leave the Sharks and, and you spent two or two seasons, three seasons with them, or was it two? Yeah, two seasons. Two, two seasons. seasons with them, and you move on, and you stayed here in Jacksonville, kind of became a personal trainer, opened up a gym, or were a personal trainer at a gym? Well, Yeah, so I, while I was with the Sharks, I was working at a gym as well because you're making that much money playing real football. Uh, so, and then, but while I was working there, I realized, like, man, like, I really enjoy it. I'm not ready to fully dive into coaching football yet, but this is a form of coaching. And then I get to be involved with a lot of different people in a lot of different sports. And so once I finished with the Sharks, I decided to do that on my own. And uh, so I stepped out and uh, ventured out and started my own deal called X Factor. And I uh, did that until I actually left for Clemson again. Um, but then also in the fall, I would coach high school ball. So I went back to Bartram as well, and, uh, helped coach there and, we had some good seasons there as well. A lot of really good players. Um, a lot of guys just uh, signing signing D one scholarships, D two scholarships, and you know we had a chance to uh, play for a state championship there as well. So uh, I they definitely thankful for those opportunities. But and those also helped me realize that it was time for me to go coach to the next level. Yeah, that's awesome. That's got to be a cool experience being able to go back and help at the high school that you played at and now obviously in, at the college that you played at. So kind of kind of paying your, your respects there to those programs and everything. So I guess so uh, the future outlook, not only for Xavier Brewer, but for the Clemson program, I guess, what are the next steps for you? Where do you want to be over the next three to five years? What is what is your goal, I guess? I know you said uh, you're coaching question. and stuff. What are, what are you looking at? Yeah, man. I want to be a position coach. I'm, I'm ready uh, to be a defensive backs coach uh, at a college. Uh, um, it, just wherever the opportunity opens up at, um, we have some. Free, we have amazing coaches at Clemson right now, and they're doing a great job. And I don't see why anybody would want to leave. But you know, things happen. You know, we just had Jeff Scott 
have an opportunity that he couldn't pass up to head down to South Florida. So you just never know. Um, the biggest thing with the coaching is like you can have your plans, but everything, it changes so fast and it can happen so fast, which the most important thing is to be ready for your opportunity, you know? So, and that's where I'm at with it. Like I know where I want to be, but it's at the same time, I know what I need to have my focus on. My focus right now is on helping the position coach as much as I possibly can, um, growing myself, growing my knowledge base, um, growing my ability to connect with players as much as I can. Being an on-field GA, that gives me an advantage because I can actually coach on the field. Um, so just th that's the most important things to me. Like, like I said, I, I know I have my own plans, but the most important thing that I need to focus on is have myself ready. And so that's kind of where I'm at with it. No, that's great stuff. And, and obviously a good career path that you've jumped into uh, considering that you've had such a big upbringing in the sport of football. So I know you're going to be successful in that route and, and you have the right mindset, obviously taking it day by day, week by week and focusing on what you can control now. But my last question for you is going to be, what has the experience been like, I guess, this past season, being able to go to the college football playoff with Clemson? And on top of that, what is the experience like at a game at Clemson? I know it's one of the best experiences in college football, coming down the hill with Howard's Rock, jumping on the bus, going around the stadium. What are those experiences like? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> words really, they don't do it justice. Uh, just that, that atmosphere in that place. Uh, and, I, and that's one thing that I did not even – I regret not mentioning about uh, – the recruiting process is the atmosphere there. There's literally something in the air up there. There's something you can't experience until you go visit. And even if you're just a regular spectator, uh, not even a fan of the school, it's something that you can tangibly feel that there's something different about uh, just Clemson. Uh, the people, the people are just very welcoming. Um, there's something about that color orange that just, it just lights up everything. Um, the, the energy, the passion, the uh, man, just there's just everything about it. It's just it is like I said, it's hard to describe in words. It's something that you just have to experience for yourself. And uh, it's really interesting to this day, like when recruits come in, you see it time and time again. They'll, they'll say it like it's just something that's different about this place. It's something different. And it's like you can't quite put your finger on it. But uh, it's uh, it's a special place, man. And uh, but yeah, that that hill right there—that's that's bucket list type stuff. And um, I was just so very just grateful to even have those experiences as a player. And uh, when you come back as a coach, your first time you get to run down the hill again. So to be able to have that experience this past season again was just man, words can't put I can't put it in words. Yeah, that's got to be cool. And then also, like you mentioned, with the recruits being able to see them come to campus, and then you yeah. being a recruit yourself, saying, "Yep, that's exactly what got me too. That's exactly what I enjoyed. That's you know so." Being able to step back and kind of look at it from the other side now has got to be cool. But anyways, Xavier, I won't take up any more of your time, man. Continue to stay safe and healthy and, uh, you know, continue on that recruiting trail. I know you're going to do great things, and I'm excited to see what the next steps are for you. But uh, keep keep doing well, all right, man? Thanks for jumping on the, the podcast. All right, man. Great job with your podcast, by the way. Keep this thing rolling. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Xavier. You have a good one, all right, man? Sure, you too. All righty. How can I be the man when you're the man? How can I be the man when you're the man? How can I be the man when you're the man?